You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Headlines Podcast. We are revealing the number 28 team, ranked 28th ranked team in our power ranking series. So please check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and podcasting platforms. Sean Davis here. Warner Sanker is not here today. He'll be back with us um, for to continue the series, obviously, but he will be back. He's on vacation. But um, yeah, we're going to go into a deep dive of our number 28th ranked team, the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to go position by position and where they stack up against the rest of the league. And we're going to go uh, give their ranking, crap, their schedule prediction over under and all that fun stuff. But uh, yeah, again, guys, please go over to our Twitter page and follow us at Sports Headline 8. It really, really helps a lot. Um, so, yeah, I guess we can start off. I want to I want to do this a little bit more. We haven't done this. So I want to talk about this team, every team's key departures and some key additions that each team brought in. So the Raiders, in a very interesting offseason, as aren't they always interesting, but it's normally interesting in the wrong reasons, uh, for, for the wrong reasons, unfortunately for them. Um, so the Raiders... Key departures, they did fire Paul Gunther, which I'm kind of, I mean, good for them. He's a bad defensive coordinator. He shouldn't really be in the league, if I'm being completely honest with you, as a head coach. Um, you do also lose Nelson Aguilar, who was your number one wide receiver last year. Uh, you you trade away, you know, I'm, I'm away for that one. Uh, you lose Maurice Hurst, you lose LaMarcus Joyner. Joyner might have actually, I mean, it, it was a bad secondary but he might have been their better corner last year. You lose him, um, you lose Maurice Hurst, and then you just decide to trade Trent Brown and Rodney Hudson for absolutely no reason. You trade Rodney Hudson to the Cardinals for a third-round pick, which, like, Gruden, why? And I'm going to talk about this. John Gruden, the GM, just continuously shoots himself in the foot when he is actually a pretty good head coach and a pretty good play caller he just shoots himself his own self in the foot like Gruden what the heck man like what are you doing um so and like just while you trade Trent Brown in New England you trade Rodney Hudson so now you go from you lose I believe they actually lost Gabe Jackson wouldn't be surprised if they traded him though um so you go from a top five at worst offensive line to now having one of the worst offensive lines in football and it's all self-inflicted wounds. It's not like, you know, anything ridiculous or whatever. Now, their offensive line, it's it's not terrible, right? But, I mean, you, you still went from a top five offensive line to now a bottom half offensive line, right? And with Derek Carr as your quarterback, and Derek Carr, we'll talk about him shortly, you want to give Derek Carr the best situations possible. And with this offensive line not being a top five offensive line and with the injuries that they normally face, you're, you're, not, you're not setting your quarterback up to, to succeed necessarily. 
Um, and then let's look at quickly here their key additions. You get Gus Bradley, which I, oh my gosh, what an upgrade. I'm being extremely sarcastic there because it's, it's an upgrade because Paul Gunther's just trash. But Gus Bradley is, if Paul Gunther is a dumpster, is a dumpster fire, Gus Bradley is a trash bag. Like, they're both terrible, but I guess the trash bag is slightly better than a dumpster fire, right? Something like, yay, I guess. You get Kenyon Drake. I mean, you're going to have a really good running back room, and I guess, like, if some Josh Jacobs maybe taking some of the load off of him. You get John Brown, which I'm like, why, necessarily? Uh, you get Yannick Ngakwe, which, I mean, he's the number two pass rusher. If you're... Paying if you're getting him to be your number one pass rusher, meh. Casey Hayward, you're hoping he has a bounce back season. You get Trayvon Morrig, who I like, who's one of my favorite safeties out of this draft class. You get Alex Leatherwood, which was an absolute reach in the first round at pick 17. So let's move on here. Let's actually talk about how this team stacks up against the rest of the league, position by position. And let's get into it here. So for the quarterback room, they're actually going to come in 15th in the league uh, for, for this quarterback room. Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota are the, the two quarterbacks here. Um, Derek Carr, I like Derek Carr, actually. Derek Carr is one of my more favorite quarterbacks, if you will, to watch. Or, or he's at, I don't know about that. But he's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, actually, right? And the problem with Derek Carr and the problem with a lot of these quarterbacks and a lot of them in this like 14 to 20-ish range, right? They're not going to win you a game. Or, or actually, especially with Derek Carr, right? It's so like for Derek Carr for 14, probably, well, Carr's 15. So for 14, 14 to 16, I'm just looking at these quarterbacks aren't going to necessarily, they're very rarely going to lose you a game. They're not going to win you very many games either like because like what I mean by that is they're not going to put the team on their back and go have an MVP caliber performance multiple times throughout the year heck if you get one you're you're you're, you're pretty happy with yourself there which is kind of separates and you know knocks these guys from being top 10 quarterbacks um and it's like the timidness with Derek Carr sometimes it's it's rather frustrating like he has He's not, we're not like Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, uh, caliber arm talent, right? But he has a an NFL arm to where he could push the ball down the field. And he saw it against Kansas City in week six, I believe, right? When Derek Carr vertically stretched the field, Kansas City could not compete with that. And I mean, all, all you need is to create one mistake. Patrick Mahomes they give you some mistakes. You just have to capitalize on them, right? So, I mean, that's what you have to do. And Derek Carr showed it for that game, like, oh, my gosh, yes, do this. And then he goes right back to, you know, being that timidy Derek Carr where it's third and seven, and you're going to check it down to the three-yard flat route, right? So now you're at the punt, punt it, right? So, you know, it's just, it's just it's frustrating, with Derek Carr sometimes because he has the talent. He has to, he actually goes through his reads pretty decently, right? He has enough mobility where, where you're, where you're fine with it. Uh, he has enough arm talent. He's extremely accurate with the ball. He doesn't turn the ball over. 
But, I mean, third and seven, game on the line, I don't want my quarterback throwing a three-yard check down. I don't want, I want my quarterback to be able to vertically stretch the field, right? So he kind of limits his team's upside offensively because, I mean, especially if you're grabbing all these vertical deep threats, if you're grabbing John Browns and Henry Ruggs, right, who aren't, like, who can't really create separation to get themselves open unless they're using their speed, which is the vertical passing game, right? I mean, Derek Carr just limits your upside of your offense. Um, like, put him in a situation where, I mean, preferably you don't have all these vertical deep threats, it's fine, but it's a combination of his, his, his frust- the frustration of watching him and uh, just, just the team they put around him at wide receiver and stuff like that, how they just constructed this offense to quote unquote suit uh Derek Carr. Um so they're gonna come in 15th here. Uh and I got a lot of slack from Raiders fans of Jackson Cougar Sports' YouTube channel when we did a film breakdown and ranked him 15th. So if some of you guys are coming over from that, you knew you knew Derek Carr was 15. Um but yeah I got a lot I caught a lot of slack from Raiders fans on that episode. Uh but who cares? Uh so yeah this Quarterback groups are going to come in 15. Marcus Mariota, uh, a replacement-level starter. Uh, he could definitely go somewhere and start. I'm actually kind of surprised he came back with all the quarterback openings um, throughout the league in the offseason. A little surprised he came back, but it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, you know, Raiders quarterback room comes in 15th here. Let's move on to this running back room, which is going to come in 6th in the league. You have Josh Jacobs, who is a dynamic running back, and you bring in Kenny and Drake, and this is good and all, right? It's actually really, really good, right? But, I mean, two out two Alabama quarterbacks, uh, a few years apart in terms of draft class, right? But, I mean, it's running backs, right? Like, not going to say, like, they matter, but there's a reason why running backs only account for 5% of the offensive grade, it's because their impact, unless it's Christian McCaffrey or whatever, right? I mean, like, you had to be so extraordinary, like, so next level to where you're Christian McCaffrey or whatever, where you are the offense, right? And to have that next level impact, and I don't think, unfortunately, Josh Jacobs and Kenya Drake can do that, especially with the way this offense is ran and the now below-average offensive line that they are surrounding them with. Um, Josh Jacobs, easily a top-10 running back, though. Love how he, can, how he plays. He has he doesn't really have the route running, necessarily, but he is a serviceable pass catcher out of the backfield. And, uh, he, he yeah, he's a really solid guy. Um, so I'm not going to spend too much time in the running back room. Let's move on to these wide receivers. Uh, wide receiver group here is going to come in. 27th in the league. Um, so far, the worst, and it's going to be a lot more of these to come. But in this wide receiver room, you do have Henry Ruggs. You do have John Brown. You bring in Willie Sneed. You still have Hunter Renfro, Say Jones. Yeah, that's about it. Now, you do have Darren Waller, who is a stud tight end. Probably the third best tight end in football right now, outside of the big two, Kelsey and Kittle. But, again, who's going to create separation and get open? 
The this is the wide receiver group that you're putting in front of Derek Carr. If I was the Raiders, I wouldn't. I was doubling down, double down on bringing Nelson Aguilar back before because that's one of the beauties about the NFL is you know you have the free agency before the draft. So I mean, if you bring Nelson Aguilar back or you freaking draft. In the and you get some valuable guys earlier on in the draft. I get it. You you have other needs, but you need some upside at wide receiver. And Henry Ruggs, he doesn't. He struggled tracking the ball last year. And again, the vertical, like just lack of Derek Carr because he doesn't want to push the ball down the field. You are literally limiting Henry Ruggs' potential. You're limiting that. All right, so now that pick looks just absolutely ridiculous. You, and then you double down and you bring in John Brown. Like, what the heck? Gruden. It, it, it's ridiculous. And you pick 17th. Rashad Bateman is still on the board. You get Rashad Bateman in the first round instead of reaching for freaking uh, Alex Leatherwood. You're you are set. This wide receiver room, and if you guys have followed our like draft ranking and stuff, you guys know how much I love Rashad Bateman. They're twenty seventh. Add Rashad Bateman to this receiving core, they're closer to to twenty, which is capable enough, especially because now Bateman is your get open. No matter, kind of talk about this in the Eagles episode. Bateman is your get open, no matter what. Similar to Devonta Smith. I'm going to get open no matter what, okay? No matter what happens, I'm going to get open for my guy. I'm not the gimmicky, you know, get me in space guy, but I'm your get open guy no matter what, number one target. That's the Chad Bateman. Who's that guy for this Raiders offense at wide receiver? You do have Darren Waller, who's just a beast. This guy is a, a, a monster, um, which is going to save this receiving core from being 30, like, I wasn't with Darren Waller. This is easily the worst receiving group in the league. Um, and yes, even worse than the Lions. Because, I mean, this is bad. Like, really, really bad. And a lot of it, again, it's more about how is Derek Carr in a way. We've talked about Derek Carr a lot. But it's because of how he segues and limits the rest of this entire offense. And then, again, you don't have anybody offensively at wide receiver that you look at and, you know, like, shoot, Asante Samuel for the Chargers. Yeah, he's going to have to face Jerry Judy and Tyreek Hill twice a year. Probably won't have to guard him necessarily as much. But as soon as the Raiders pop up on the schedule, oh, my God, thank God. I have to guard who? Oh, I have to go. Oh, my God, thank you. I have to cover John Brown. Okay, I can't deal with that. Like, no. It's frustrating because it the Raiders just continuously – shoot themselves in the foot with her team building skills. And that's going to segue into this offensive line, which is going to rank 21st in the league, which is not a, a, a God awful offensive line. We've seen worse hat. I mean, cough, cough, the Bengals offensive line last year, the Dolphins of, of two years ago, the offensive line was atrocious. Um, this is really rich incognito and Colton Miller, who is, a really solid, like, really, really good offensive lineman. And it's really unfortunate 
that, you know, uh, that they really just pretty much left my guys on the left side to die. So the left side of the line with Cognito and Colton Miller is easily, you know, I mean, I guess it's it's really good. You're protecting, uh, you know, Derek Carr's blind side. So, I mean, I guess you're, you're fine with that, right? Uh, you, you bring in Nick Martin, um, who is a solid center, a capable center in the NFL. Um, but then you get to this right side of the offensive line. My God. Denzel Good, Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood, who just looks slow on the football field. His technique in pass protection and pass blocking was a little was a little sloppy. And um, he's better off actually probably moving as a guard. Oh, but wait, guess what? You traded away Trent Brown. You No, no offense to Nick Martin. He's a solid and capable you know, starting center in the league, you're not, I mean, you're not excited if he's your starter, but you're not losing sleep either if he's your starter. But you trade away Rodney Hudson, a top three center in the league, and you trade away Trent Brown, who, again, you keep those guys on your roster, you have a top five offensive line in the league. So, and and, and then, yes, you can kick Alex Hollywood into guard if you, if you really want to, because this guard spot even with, you know, I mean, even if you kept um, Hudson and Trent Brown, you're not excited about Denzel Good playing, I mean, being your starting right guard for, for Christ's sake. Oh, but guess what? That's what Gabe Jackson was for. You go from a top five offensive line to, to 21st, literally because of Colton Miller and Richie Incognito. And if an injury happens, you are screwed. You are really, really screwed. So let Richie Incognito, I mean, knock on wood, you never want a player to get injured. But if a Richie Incognito gets hurt, if a Colton Miller gets hurt, this offensive line is the worst in the league. That's how quickly, that's how quickly things can turn for the worse for this Raiders offensive line. Um, and then we're going to go on the offensive coaching. And of course, the Raiders are going to rank ninth. And John Gruden is a great play caller. He really, really is. He is phenomenal. He's probably unlocked some things about Derek Carr. He's made this offense as simple and as best to fit Derek Carr's skill set as possible, right? His play calling has been phenomenal. But again, like John in, in, uh, shit, uh, Mike Mayock, right? What are you guys doing? You guys are shooting yourselves in the foot with your team building skills. Like, what? It, what do you? Who taught you guys how to build a roster this way? Seriously, like you go from a top five offensive line to bottom half. You you don't draft any wide receivers to replace Nelson Aguilar. Who you want? I mean, I'm not excited if he's our number one, but he was the number one last year and he played really well last year with Derek Carr, right? And then, and I'm like, don't even get me started about the defense, which we're gonna have to get into here shortly, right? It, it's just frustrating, right? Because the the Raiders have some potential offensively, but they shoot themselves in the foot. But again, John Green is a really, really good play caller. He really adjusts to Derek Carr's uh, liabilities that he provides to this offense. Um, 
So John Gruden and actually surprisingly Derek Carr, ironically, with his 15th quarterback ranking, saves this offense. And so this offense is actually going to rank um, 20th in the league, mainly because of that offensive coach and culture ranking it having an, uh, you know, 23% um, grade and quarterback 36%. You have a top 15 in both or top 15 quarterback, top 10 coaching culture. You're looking pretty solid there, but everywhere else on, on this team is, is really, there's more to be desired everywhere else. I will maybe except for running back, but I mean, it's running back. So that, that's, that's that. So let's move on to this defense, which it, it, it's not great, and I'm going to just be very, very nice there. So this defense, it ranks 31st in the league um, with a 72.46. Um, pass rush rise, I guess this is the bright spot of this defense. Maybe. I mean, Yannick Ngakwe and um, Max Crosby, they're not – I mean, you do have Cleveland Farrell. I mean, Cleveland Farrell is definitely more of a, of a run stopper, if anything. But you you literally have two to three number two pass rushers. So yay, I guess. But you're upside again. You only you have number two pass rushers on your team. You don't have a, a even a lower tier number one pass rusher. You don't even have that. Okay. Um, so this again, it is severely frustrating how they drafted, how they operate, because you traded away Khalil Mack for a running back. He's essentially because you used your first round pick, you got Khalil Mack for, and you traded Khalil Mack for to get a running back. So, and then you go to this running run defense, which is going to rank, um, Excuse me. The run defense is actually going to rank pretty high. Pretty dang good run defense for the most part. I mean, there's there's definitely some problems there. Nick Kwiatkowski is a really underrated linebacker. Me and Warner probably know a little bit better than most people. Um, mainly because uh, in our Madden franchise, Nick Kwiatkowski murdered us. Um, but he's a really underrated linebacker. You have Cleveland Farrell, who is a really, really good run stopper from the edge. Jonathan Hankins is a you're more than happy with having him. But I mean, Yannick Ngakwe is terrible. He is a terrible run defender. Uh, Corey Littleton, Nicholas Morrow, none of these linebackers outside Kukowski really provide anything. And I think Clarence Farrell is going to continue his growth and development and uh, really become a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, and then when you move on to the secondary, and the secondary is uh, not much better. It, it's actually not better. Secondary ranks 27th in the league. Um, you reach for uh, Damon Arnett last year and – it, it, it was just a struggle. Now, at least there's some sort of upside to where if you said that they're going to outrank this ranking of 27th, I would not be surprised. 
Casey Hayward is probably not going to be as bad as he was last year, right? Because he's really two years removed from being a Pro Bowl uh, top five cornerback in the league. So I'd be very, very surprised if he's as bad as he was last year. You add in some safety, um, some safety depth and upside with Trayvon Morrig, who is really going to benefit, is really going to help this defense out. So Jonathan Abrams, thank God, can hopefully play a little bit more in the box this year and not be more of that free safety styled uh, safety for this defense. Uh, Trayvon Mullen is a solid, he's an okay corner. Same with Ke- uh, Nevin Lawson. You, you you like him as your slot corner. And if Damon Arnett can give you absolutely anything where he does not look like an absolute bust of a pick, which he currently looks like right now, um, you know, you're going to really feel good. So, this secondary group can probably get somewhere, you know, to, I don't know, maybe um, at the at the highest 20, I would say. Because there, there still is some real problems here. If anybody gets injured, you're not really happy. You do have a little Douglas, which I guess if it's like a corner that goes down, you're probably, that's probably best case scenario. But if anybody gets hurt in the secondary, uh, it, it, it's, it's a nightmare. Um but also, this secondary can wind up becoming the, the worst in the league quite easily, actually, um, because, you know, you they're, they're not great. Casey Hayward, if he has a bad year again, similar to last year, who's your number one corner? And, you know, Trayvon Morick, he's going to be a rookie, so you, you don't want to put a lot of pressure on your rookie safety um, to come in the NFL and have to, you know, you just want to put too much pressure on him. But... This can easily become the worst secondary in the league, or this can, you know, potentially outrank us and, you know, be a uh, slightly below average to, you know, a top 20, maybe offense. I mean, you know, secondary in the league. So, you know, it is what it is. So let's move on to this linebacker group here. Um, this linebacker group is going to rank 31st in the league. Now, you do have Nick Kukowski, who is a very who, who I really like as a starter, who's probably your best linebacker. Um, you know, Nicholas Morrow is probably your third linebacker that will start. Corey Littleton. You're not – this secondary is really below average, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, obviously, I mean, not being honest with you. The 31st for a reason. Um and Nick Kukos is probably your best linebacker, so you're not exactly happy with that at all there. Um, it, it's bad. There, there, there's nothing on this defense to really get too, too excited about. And uh, and that continues with this coaching culture here that's going to rank dead last in the league. I mean, Gus Bradley is just god-awful. He is bad. And I, I, from being a Chargers fan last year, Gus Bradley was was really bad. The positions he would put some of the young guys in last year, he and he's just all around just not a good defensive play caller. And even before him, there's, there's some bad tendencies that this defense still might carry over from Paul Gunther. And I mean, you're going from again, you're going from a dumpster fire to a trash bag. So I mean, yeah, trash bag is slightly better but i mean it, it's still garbage 
right? It's not on fire at least, but it's still garbage at the end of the day. Um, so now I, I don't know if you guys, I mean, let me, let me know if my analogy was worth anything there. So this defense is going to come in second to last. Um, so I guess we can look at the strength, the strengths and weaknesses of this team. Um, to wrap things up a little bit here, and then we'll get into the over-under with the schedule predictions, stuff like that. Strengths, offensive coaching, without a doubt. Um, you know, because of the fact John Gruden is really, he's a great offensive play caller in the league. And again, he adjusts to the needs of Derek Carr, I think, better than very very few could do a better job than what he's done as a play caller for this team. And then obviously running back, um, you know, running back with Josh Jacobs to KU Drake is obviously sixth. The The way that, you know, they can be creative and stuff with this running back room, I think it's going to be kind of fun to see and watch this upcoming season. Um, and I'm going to call Derek Carr of strength. But I'm also going to call Derek Carr a weakness. Again, as I mentioned earlier, um, he's not ever going – he's very rarely – like, he won them that Kansas City game, but then he's lost them a few games as well throughout the season uh, because of his timidness and not wanting to open the field up, stretch the field out more. And, I mean, granted, it's not like he's had world-class wide receivers, but when he had Amari Cooper, who's a top 15 wide receiver in the league – when he had Amari Cooper, it was the same thing going on, right? So, I mean, you can't really defend him in that department there. Weaknesses, obviously, this pass rush was just god-awful, one of the worst in the league. Um, the the wide receiver room, there, there's just nobody that you can really rely on to get open on, on a down-to-down basis. And then the secondary. This secondary is really, really bad. It, it's bad. And then defensive coaching. Um so, the over-under for this season is seven wins. That's obnoxiously high. We have Baltimore at Pittsburgh, Miami at the Chargers, Chicago at Denver, Philly by at the Giants, KC, Cincy, Dallas at Dallas, Washington at KC at Cleveland, Denver and the Chargers. Um, if I'm being realistic here, Oh my gosh, this is rough. Uh, they could very easily start this season off zero and six, and we like put, and we see Marcus Mariota come in here and take over. Um, I, I think they'll beat Philly. Um, they'll split with Denver. Uh, I think they'll actually probably beat Cincy, and I think they'll beat one of the other NFC least teams. So, and uh, they might split with the Chargers, unfortunately. So, I'm going to have them going 5-12. and 12. That's my record prediction. I'm going under, hard under. That seven-win mark is high. Um, the floor, this is actually the floor. This team could be god-awful and, and win two games this year. I think that's the floor for this Raiders team. Because um, I think the Chargers could very easily sweep them. I think they could very easily only scrape up one win against the NFC least. Um, and then I think if Cincy's going, if the, I think if Cincy's playing good football, they could definitely uh, beat the Raiders. Um, the ceiling for this team is probably another eight or nine win season. I think Miami's a winnable game. 
Uh, Denver is always a winnable game. Chicago at home is winnable. Philly, all the NFC least teams. Um, so actually, yeah, the ceiling's probably about nine, eight to eight to ten games. Um, leaning more like eight or nine, but I think they're definitely closer to their floor. A lot would have to go right for them to hit their ceiling. Like the offensive line would have to play out of their mind. Alex Otherwood would have to prove every human being living on Earth wrong. Um, Casey Harrod would have, to, would have to show some like resemblance of that Pro Bowl corner, Casey Harrod. I think he's just lost a step, honestly. Um, he's still probably smart enough to play corner and be a, be a starting corner. But if he's your number one, I'm not sure if he has the speed necessarily to keep up with all these speedsters in this division, like a Tyree kill or, you know, some of the other guys that Denver has now. Um, uh, let's see. Henry, Derek Carr would have to like wake up and decide to push the ball down the field for once. So a lot would have to go right for this Raiders team to get close to that eight, nine, maybe even 10 win potential that I was alluding to. So this was definitely a shorter power rankings episode. I'm a little depressed that I had to do this because, uh, yeah, it, it, it's really frustrating to talk about. I'm a Chargers fan. So, uh, it's really frustrating sometimes, but anyway, guys, thank you guys so much for watching. If you guys, um, man, yeah, it's it's tough. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to Sports Allies podcast. This was the number episode, uh, sorry, the ranked number 28th team in the NFL. The Las Vegas Raiders will be coming with you guys with 27 through 25 here shortly. We're going to actually try to have this done before week one of the NFL season. So if it's September 8th and that's where the number one ranked team comes in, it'll be September 8th. Dang it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and see you guys next time. Peace out.